Welcome to Day 351 of The New Way. I'll read John 20, 21 through 23. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father hath sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. As far as I can tell, this teaching happened that Easter night in the upper room with the disciples gathered around Jesus. In verse 21, we see Jesus telling these followers that he was sending them out to impact their world. In the next verse, we see Jesus giving them the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Let me read John 20, 22 again. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I have always been taught that the disciples did not receive the Holy Spirit until later on the day of Pentecost. So I was surprised to find this statement here. As you grow and study God's word, you will continually find new teachings and ways to grow your understanding. Because God's word is living and active, you will notice the areas that you need right now. Later, you will notice different areas. I've told you that your development as a follower of Jesus is led by a personal tutor, the Holy Spirit, with a personalized plan just for you. So I researched this statement and will share with you what I've learned. We have to back up to the Old Testament and ask the question, did the Holy Spirit ever dwell in people in the Old Testament? Yes and no. The Holy Spirit would come up on or over them, but he didn't stay there for long. Some examples of this would be Joshua in Numbers 27, 18, Othniel in Judges 3, 10, Gideon in Judges 6, 34, Samson in Judges 13, 25, and Judges 14, 6, and Samuel in 1 Samuel 10, 9, and 10. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come temporarily to strengthen a leader for a particular task, but he did not stay for long, just long enough to complete the specific task. Once Jesus died and paid for our sins, God sent the Holy Spirit to all followers and he lives on the inside of them and directs their lives. But that hasn't happened yet for these followers. It will happen 50 days after Jesus' resurrection, but that's getting ahead of our story. So I agree with most scholars that this giving 
of the Holy Spirit to the disciples was like the Old Testament way of temporarily strengthening the disciples to help them through a specific time of uncertainty and grief or for a specific assignment. And that brings us to John twenty twenty three. Let me read it again. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Only God can forgive sins. Remember, we talked about this on day 59. That was one of the complaints that the Pharisees had about Jesus. They were upset because Jesus was forgiving sins, claiming to be God. So I don't think this is saying that the disciples could forgive sins. We can forgive sins that are committed against us, but we can't forgive sins that are committed against God. Only God can do that. I believe that Jesus is reminding these followers that they need to forgive others so that they could be forgiven. We talked about that on day 83. That's my belief. They had just seen horrible, beastly brutality. Could they forgive the ones who had crucified their Lord and Savior. I feel that they had to forgive those who had crucified Jesus before they could move forward in love, in ministry, and to be forgiven for their own sins. Just a note for your information. Other early church literature indicates that many, many of the Pharisees and members of the Sanhedrin became part of the early church. Also, many Roman soldiers became part of that group of followers. That would not have been possible if Jesus' disciples had not forgiven and received these men in love. Other scholars believe that Jesus is reminding the disciples of the urgency and terrible responsibility of spreading the good news to all the world. That's a possible explanation too. And others believe that this conferred to Christian clergy the ability to forgive sin on behalf of God. Therefore, they teach that you must go to a priest to confess your sins. Yet, in other places in the Bible, for example, Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, we are taught that Jesus became our high priest so that we do not need an intermediary or a go-between to reach God. And that negates the belief that the curtain being torn by God provided access to all. I believe that Jesus was asking his followers to forgive those who had crucified him. And then he gave them the Holy Spirit to empower them to do so. 
If Jesus just told us to follow him and obey his commandments without giving us the power and direction to know how to do so, we would be trapped in a religion that simply made us feel inadequate, inferior, and unable to measure up to his commands. Instead, Jesus asked us to follow him, gave us his example, died to pay for our sins, and then gave us the Holy Spirit to empower us and make us able to accomplish the task. This is another reason I protest so loudly when someone says Jesus was just a great teacher. What Jesus taught is totally impossible in human strength and possibilities. Only through the Holy Spirit are we assured success. I love Philippians 4.13. The New American Standard Bible says it this way, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Of course, the him is referring to Jesus through his Holy Spirit. In his service, Dale.